Hi, everyone. This is Tom Salemi of Device Talks. Welcome to our second season of Medtronic Talks. In our first season, we spoke with the leaders of Medtronic's operating units to better understand the direction of each of the businesses. Now, with their courses set and clear, we're going to talk to the engineers, scientists, physicians, and other experts who are executing on these strategies. We'll still keep a tight focus on each of Medtronic's businesses, but we are going to get a lot deeper into these stories. Let's go. Hi, everyone. This is Tom Salemi of Device Talks. Welcome back to the Medtronic Talks podcast. Today, we'll talk about Medtronic's cranial and spine business. Specifically, we're going to really center on the acquisition of Metacrea, which happened back in 2020. Metacrea was the third significant acquisition made by Medtronic to bolster its cranial and spine group. Medtronic previously had acquired Titan and then Mazor. And Metacrea brings a really fascinating aspect to cranial and spine. Metacrea uses artificial intelligence and predictive modeling to uh, help develop patient-specific implants to be used in spinal surgery. The data collection and analysis can be used in other ways as well, but we're going to focus, well, we'll focus on the whole picture as to what Metacrea brought into cranial and spine. We'll speak with Dan Wolf. Dan is a vice president at Medtronic and he's general manager of Medtronic's Intelligent Data Solutions Group. And we'll also talk with Thomas Manier. He is now Intelligent Data Solutions Research Director. He had previously been Chief Scientific Officer at Metacrea, so he came to Medtronic through that acquisition. The cranial and spine group has been really fascinating to watch over the last couple of years, and the addition of Metacrea's technology is going to uh, create a lot of neat opportunities for this business and for other Medtronic businesses going forward. Before we begin this episode of Medtronic Talks, I did want to let you know that Medtronic will be represented at our upcoming Device Talks meetings. We'll be hosting Device Talks Boston at the Boston Convention Center on May 10th and 11th, and then we'll be in Minneapolis on June 6th and 7th at Device Talks Minnesota. If you'd like to be part of those meetings, you can go to devicetalks.com to register. Use the code DTW, that's short for Device Talk Weekly, DTW25 to save 25% off the registration price. Now let's begin this episode. Otama Monier and Dan Wolf, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. It's good to be here. Good to be here too. So this is an, an exciting conversation. Uh, it's one that uh, I think really demonstrates the, the power of AI. And uh, I'm really, I'm going to enjoy delving into the spine business uh, a bit more. It's been uh, an interesting space uh, to cover. Lots of movement there, lots of innovation. And uh, you've definitely got a, an intriguing platform. So Dan, let's, let's kick off sort of with that, with Medtronic spine business. We've talked about it before on the podcast, but would love to just kind of get into the assembly of the pieces that you, you've got. You acquired Mazor in 2018. You have Metacrea now. There's been some other acquisitions as well. What is that process? Could you speak a bit as to what that process has been like assembling these, these different parts? Yeah, of course. Thanks for the question. So look, about four years ago, we took a step back and looked at our, our spine business, at the spine market. And we ultimately took the step to reposition the business, given a, a quickly changing market, to optimize for growth. So we really you know, focused, took a step back and focused on portfolio management, active portfolio management. And so we looked at what could we acquire to accelerate our growth? What could we divest? How could we partner in different ways? Um, and over the last four years, as you said, we, we've really taken some active steps 
to do so. So, you know, we acquired a company called Titan Spine in the surface material space. We acquired Mazor Robotics, and then we did some active pruning of the portfolio as well to free up some growth pockets and reallocate those resources to higher growth segments of the market. Then fundamentally, you know, like about two years ago, we, we, we realized there was this missing puzzle piece, if you will, and that became the, the, ultimately the investment thesis to acquire this company called Medicrea. Um, and what we got out of that was um, you know, personalized implants and a leading data collection platform for the market. And, and last but not least, frankly, the, the, leading, the leading value driver of this was the team that we inherited through the acquisition too. And so when we bring Medicrea together um, with our portfolio of enabling technologies and, and implants, what we've got now is this game-changing portfolio to drive growth in the market, transform spine care. And for us, it's all about reducing variability, driving precision and reproducibility in spine surgery. And that's really what's unlocking this massive potential in the market right now. Terrific. I, I want to get into sort of integrating those parts, but Thomas, I'd love to understand from you, now seems like a good time to sort of tell folks about the Medicrea story. You've been with, with the company for a good long time. I think, I don't know, from the beginning, but at least from the beginning of your career. Tell us about Medicrea's origins and approach and technology. Yeah, clearly. Not since the beginning, but since the beginning of my career, for sure. So <laughs> nearly 15 years now at Medicrea. And, and clearly, I see all the evolution of the company and our different approach regarding spinal product. And uh, as we started mostly as a spine implant manufacturer, I think we, we were able to evolve in a quite disruptive area, which turns around patient-specific implant and surgical planning. So I would say something like probably six or seven years ago, we started this approach of patient-specific uh, implants. The point at the very beginning was that we wanted to support surgeons to address the need for better sagittal alignment for spinal patients. To do that, the only implant that we were able to deliver at that time was rods, spinal rods, that helps to, let's say, deliver the right curvature to, the, to each patient. The starting point was on two things. First, what's the point with this rod in terms of curvature? They, they were curved by the surgeon, they were shaped by the surgeon in the operating room, which seems a bit uh, like an anomaly in the orthopedic fields, I would say, because most of the implants are delivered fully done by the manufacturer, and it was not the case in spinal market. So we wanted to improve that. And we also realized that surgeons were investigating a lot how to bend the road, how to bring the right curvature to the right patient in order to gain uh, the good clinical outcomes. That's where it all started indeed uh, in delivering patient-specific road with curvature aligned to patient-specific case planning and bent by the manufacturer, not by the surgeon anymore, uh, with automatized proprietary bending processes. That's how we invest this field of patient-specific implant. And really soon after that, it came to surgical planning, of course. So we have to involve our stuff into surgical planning tools. And that's where it all started, sorry. So we've seen customized implants in other areas. I'm thinking mostly about large joints, but the spine would seem to be a particularly perfect place for this sort of technology. What do the customized implants sort of what benefits do they provide? Is it a therapeutic benefit? Is it, is it a better performing implant? Uh, or is it a, a shorter operation time for the physician since they don't have to do the adjustments themselves? I would say the main point is to ensure perfect execution of a surgical planning. So that's, that's really the main point, the main driver of all of these technologies. So all of this process of designing patient-specific roads relying on defining the surgical planning with surgeon and bring them some tools to execute this surgical planning. 
that's really the point. Let's go back to sort of the deal. You were able to make this acquisition in 2020, which must have been an interesting time to acquire a company. Uh, Metacritic was publicly traded, so maybe that made it easier. But well, I just want to follow that path for a second. Uh, how, how difficult was it do, doing deals in 2020? You, Medtronic managed to do a bunch. So I guess you got past whatever challenges the lockdown presented. Yeah, look, it, it was challenging, uh, but we saw it as an opportunity to change the way that, that, we, uh, that we do deals, frankly. I mean, a lot of our work became virtual, obviously. And we were very targeted and strategic and focused in how we did things like due diligence and engagement with the principals of the company. But we learned a lot from the experience as well. I think, you know, fundamentally, as we go forward, we're going to get much more efficient and effective in, in how we build partnerships with companies and how we transact. Um, so I think we benefited from the entire process itself. And, and, and I, I, I really commend, you know, our leadership team at Medtronic and, and Jeff, especially for being bold and investing in doing acquisitions during a tough time in the world. And mm-hmm. I think it's it set us up for for big success because we were we were bold and we did take risks in, a, in an uncertain environment. Excellent. And, and talk a bit about Medicare, the company, and how Medtronic did. Medtronic, you spoke to this a bit earlier, but did you see a need that you needed to fill, and then went out and looked for that solution, or or did you see Medicare and said this will fit nicely into what we're doing? What was the thought process in that? Yeah. So, you know, after we had really built up a robust technology portfolio, which included Titan, which included Mazora and included our enabling tech and, and implants, we took a step back and said, you know, do we have everything we need to be successful? And one of the biggest gaps that we still saw was this very rapidly evolving problem and opportunity in spine surgery, which was variability. There's, there's massive variability in how spine care is delivered today. Um, you know, a famous surgeon once told me that all surgeons are deformity surgeons some treat it and some create it. And so we saw an opportunity to help fix that and help empower surgeons with better reproducibility, better precision, better execution in the OR. And so we saw an opportunity in Medicrea to, to help fill that gap. So now look, with that, with that technology portfolio, with the personalized implants that Tomah described and the data collection platform that Medicrea brings, we believe we've got the technology, we've got the team and the data sets to drive actionable insights for surgeons that'll help them deliver better care in the clinic with diagnosis and planning in the OR with execution and then post-op with all the outcome analytics that we bring to the table. Interesting. And Toma, you're your chief scientific officer. I don't know how involved you were with the deal or with the strategy of the company moving forward, but I'm just curious, how did Medicrea sort of prior to the conversations with, with Medtronic what path did Medicrea's management see going forward? Was it a standalone company? Were you thinking maybe acquisitions and building out your offerings? Do you have any insights on, on where Medicrea was sort of headed prior to this deal happening? Good question. Thank you. I was involved indeed into this discussion. And I would say that definitely you always think as developing yourself as a standalone company and to develop the most advanced solution for helping spine surgery. That's what we did for years. But you always have in mind the, 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 the possibility that you can be bought by a biggest company at some point, which could offer some nice perspective, by the way, like scalability of your, your product and uh, your solution. Clearly, the Medtronic opportunity was definitely for me the right one, Medtronic being the leader in the, in the spine field. Clearly, it's also about the mission that you would follow with your solution. And I would say we, we definitely create a product which is linked to a mission at Medicare with this unique approach, including patient-specific implants and data analytics to improve surgical planning and uh, surgical execution of spinal surgery. I think it's a really a good match with, uh, with a big company having these needs for a mission-driven 
capability a mission driven product definitely that's why i think it was it really makes sense with all the ecosystem of Met metronic also to bring this i won't say this last piece of innovation but this missing piece of innovation in the portfolio definitely that's great let's talk a bit about the unit rod i mean the first i believe the first customized implant was in 2014 if i if i remember the date of the press release correctly been a yeah, while even, even 13 uh, in, in europe yeah, okay <laughs> okay great so what has transpired over those six years and, and, and talk if you would a bit about the process of how the planning is done how the ai is used and how the rods are sort of created can you can you give a little more detail on that yeah yeah for sure and and first of all i would like to say that today we talk a lot about the the unit rods but today you need is far more than just a rod definitely it's a complete data collection platform and also data analytics solution concierge service for the surgeon that's all of that today and to dig a, a little bit deeper into the processes it all starts with a surgical planning as you may understood and uh, since the beginning, we, we used a, such a kind of disruptive approach, which was to deliver it as a services uh, to the surgeon. So initially, we didn't want to provide some software solution to the surgeon so they can plan their cases, their surgical plan, and, and ship it to us and say, okay, let's deal with that and give me my patient-specific implant. That's, that was not the point. The initial thought was really to enhance the collaboration between surgeon and engineers. So that's why we built, uh, since the beginning, a team of engineers, which is at disposal of a surgeon at some point, to materialize their surgical plan. And for that, they are using some, some software that we have developed internally to simulate the surgical strategy for one patient and uh, of one surgeon. That's done by our concierge service, our unit lab engineer, as we call them. And uh, that's the basis of all of this process. So the measurement, for sure, based on medical images and mostly x-rays. Then uh, surgical simulation uh, of a planning, so made through the software. So oh, you would correct the spine and we make all the simulation. We submit that to the surgeon. Then an exchange can occur between the engineer and the surgeons. And that results in the validation of a surgical plan, which will lead us to the manufacturing of a patient-specific implant. So that's all the process through the operating room, uh, where the implants, of course, help to execute uh, the plan. For me, uh, I, I like to say that the patient-specific roles are templates for excellence for the surgeon. That's a way to replicate the surgical plan they thought about a week or days before the surgery. And uh, to ensure, as the initial goal, uh, to get a perfect uh, execution of a surgical planning. But even then, I would say we wanted to continue to offer some extensive services and we take benefits of this concierge service to offer some capability for post-operative measurement. And I think it was key because it helped us first to demonstrate to the surgeon that they, they were right to use our solution in terms of surgical planning, in terms of patient-specific implant to ensure the good execution of their surgery. And that's, open, that's what I've opened the door to the data collection platform, I would say. That's how we have started to collect some data from preoperative phases and postoperative phases of a surgery, and then help us to, to use this data to improve the future surgical planning. And that's where we put some AI, some machine learning capability into our processes to improve the upcoming surgical planning done through the unit platform. That's great. Dan, you're uh, your vice president and general manager of intelligent data solutions at Medtronic. So this sounds obviously like, like it's a great fit <laughs> for you. There, there's a lot of opportunity here, I would think, within Medicrea, but in other areas as well. I'm not 
I'm not going to ask you to speculate as to where you're going, but how has Metacrea sort of fit into the the broader spinal portfolio? I keep having this analogy in my head of a sports team acquiring, you know, three great players. You've got Mazur and Titan and now Metacrea. Sometimes you can have all this talent together, but you got to get, you got to get them to play together. How, how has it been getting these three big companies to sort of technologies to sort of play together and to really develop as a cohesive team? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, it's really one of the things that sets us apart from uh, from other companies in the industry, Tom. There's huge opportunity right now, and we're taking advantage of it to connect our ecosystem of technologies. The future is not only going to be focused on on spine implants; it's obviously going to be focused on a much bigger set of enabling technologies that we can bring to bear for surgeons to do better planning and execution in the OR. And so we're over-investing on things like robotics and the integration of surgical planning and AI-driven planning with Metacrea into robotics um, and navigation and imaging and bringing that all together so it's one interoperable complementary product solution, end-to-end cohesive solution for our surgeons. And as Tomas said, it starts in the clinic and it ends in the clinic. And we need to make sure we have that full integrated technology set that's seamless for the customer to use so that they don't even notice the difference between, you know, between one technology to the next in terms of who's who's supplying it. So that's where we're headed. We're well on our way to uh, to achieve that vision pretty soon. We're at approaching 10,000 surge uh, 10,000 patients on the platform now. Mm-hmm. So we've got you got the biggest radiographic data set on the planet and that's going to, you know, really just help us help surgeons achieve better outcomes on a daily basis. And does Metacrea's technology and systems does it integrate with the Mizor with other future robotic technologies does it- or are they largely different silos sort of serving the same customer base? Yeah, they're becoming more and more integrated every day. The teams are working very, very well together in a coordinated way. We are keeping the, uh, the Metacrea business in a separate operating unit under the cranial spinal technologies division to maintain that speed and flexibility and agility, but also the tight coordination uh, with the team in, in Colorado and Israel that's driving the robotics innovation. Um, so it's setting us up for success to play big and play small at the same time. And Toma, on your end, how are you sort of seeing the future applications for for this technology? Uh, spine was spine always just the first area you're going to get into with others planned, uh, or is this really you're going to be a spinal company using AI and other technologies and really focus on this part of the body? Clearly, spine was the the main focus until now, and. As said, so it all started with implant and it turns really into some software services. And I started to mention that into some machine learning and AI application to improve the surgical planning. So clearly now I would say it's all about uh, using data to improve the surgical planning capability uh, of our teams and that we can deliver to surgeons. So maybe just to bring, come back a little bit on, on the different capabilities. One of our main focus now is to, to take good usage of the data to deliver surgeons some advanced insights, some advanced analytics to better evaluate uh, the, their outcomes, mostly their radiological outcome for now, but not only. We are focusing more and more on clinical reported outcome and how we can bring value to that uh, through our Unilab uh, concierge services and our softwares. We also use this machine learning capability to improve 
all the different aspects of surgical planning, like how we can better assess the compensatory mechanism and all things that could occur after a specific surgery, a specific spinal surgery strategy defined by the surgeon. So that's how it improved uh, the surgical planning. But to come back to your question, yes, it's a lot about spine and improving uh, this algorithm, this capability for surgical planning and And so to better anticipate what will happen after this strategy or an alternative strategy defined with a surgeon, and and then to prioritize the clinical outcome and neurological outcome for each patient. And this can be done through the different solution of Medtronics. I'm particularly excited. You mentioned Mazor and the Australian collaboration about how we can combine this technology. And we started to do that already to better execute the surgical plan for all the aspects of uh, spinal surgery, putting the screws in the pedicles with Mazor for sure, then uh, better surgical planning with Medicrea in terms of spinal curvature. And all these two solutions combined can certainly help the surgeon to achieve 100% correct surgical planning in the OR. And clearly it's all about spine, but tomorrow it can be more than that. Uh, I would say today it's even more all about data and how you can use this data to improve surgical planning and patient clinical outcome in spine and overs. Great. And just to focus a bit more on the spine, I've kind of been talking more business and technologies, but uh, why is this approach so critical for, for the spine space? As I kind of alluded at the top, the spine space has always been sort of sort of a tricky one. I think 10 or 15 years ago, some spine surgeries were you know, hit or miss with their successes, we'll say. Clearly, it seems like the more data, the more customization, the better. But if you could just sort of speak to why it's critical to have this sort of solution in the spinal space. Good, but tough question. Definitely. <laughs> uh, just starting with, uh, if you make a comparison in the field of orthopedics, once again, with the different implants uh, you have access to, if you look at knee prosthesis or hip prosthesis, they are, they are delivered fully finished to the surgeon and it's all about good positioning of the implants regarding the osteoarticular structure, I would say to assess the right angle, the right alignment for the different structure. For spine, it's a little bit different for years and years, as we didn't know how the final shape of an implant should be to assess the, the good radiological and clinical outcome. We choose the facility as implant manufacturer, if I can say that, and we delivered straight roads, perfectly knowing that uh, at the end, this road will not remain straight into the patient. But we prefer to let that to the surgeon and them to define what they want in terms of curvature, what they want to achieve with their patient. And I would say it was mostly an art, more than a science. And today, uh, my expectation would be us helping the surgeon and all the community to move forward from an art to a a real science of a surgery to reduce the viability. So I think that's the main point. Oh, we can be all partners to improve surgical planning, and clinical outcome for patients uh, through this patient-specific and data-driven solution. Fantastic. And, and final question for you, Dan, just uh, about the Intelligent Data Solutions group that you're leading. Where does that fall in Medtronic, and, and what is your future or that future of that group sort of sort of look like? Are, are you functioning just within Spine specifically, or are you cross disciplines? And 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 where do you see finding new opportunities going forward? Yeah, so our intelligent data solutions business sits within the cranial spinal technologies operating mm-hmm. unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, we're really focused on spine, and we're starting to think about what's next to leveraging our technology and our team's uh, expertise. You know, the future is obviously really bright in spine right now. 
We're investing aggressively in R&D when it comes to building bigger and bigger data sets, more powerful algorithms to help surgeons treat undefined pathologies. We're investing in scaling our access to patients around the world and scaling operations, right? In, in France and in New York and in Colorado and Memphis. Um, so we're, we're scaling very quickly. There's huge pull right now from surgeons for this technology. You know, I've, I've been in med tech a while and you have two time. I have not seen this kind of excitement and demand for technology, especially in the, in the neuro and ortho world in a long, long time. So it's just really exciting to be part of this. We just held our, uh, our first ever data and artificial intelligence symposium in Chicago a couple of weeks ago. And just, just outstanding excitement and interest from surgeons for this technology. Jeff Martha attended as well. So, you know, not only is the market excited about this, you know, we're getting really continued investment from Medtronic and from the executive team and the board and accelerating our investment in spine care. So it's an exciting time to be a part of this and an exciting time to being a part of transforming spine care and improving outcomes. You know, we see it as not only a privilege to do this every day, Tom, but an obligation because of our leadership position in technology, in the team, and our, just our massive footprint around the world with the team and with the capital technology that we have, um, we have an obligation to help surgeons and help patients on a daily basis. And that's what we're going to do. That's great. No, and it's a, it's a good point about the, the demand from those physicians. I mean, as someone watching the sector, we talk about AI and all these things. I wonder, you know, how much of this is our buzzwords, how much of these are, are clinically in demand. It's great to hear from the surgeons. Do you think we're going to get to a point where, and maybe we're already there, where patients, as they were with robotics, are sort of asking about, well, how you know, how are you going to craft my rod? How are you going to use AI? Do you think we're going to get to that point where this is just going to be something that people require before uh, choosing a surgeon or, or a place where they have their surgery done? Look, I think we're already there. I mean, we've yeah. got we've got surgeons saying, "I can't believe I ever." bent my own rods before that are using this technology now. And we have, yeah. uh, you know, surgeons using this as a, as a patient education and engagement tool in their practice. And we've got patients asking for robotics and artificial intelligence in their care because, you know, they, they deserve it and they expect spine care that's, that's data-driven. And Dan, finally, I understand you had a, a pretty significant FDA approval earlier this year. Can you tell us a bit about that? We just received a 510K approval on our spine analyzer. And so this really is an opportunity for us. We, we have uh, the first ever approval on our DGEN algorithm. It's a deep learning neural network algorithm. And it's the first ever in the space uh, to, to get approval for this. And you know, historically, we've been focused on complex spine surgery. And now this is really going to give us even, even more of an opportunity to go after the DGEN market, which is a much bigger part of the market. I may add that it's definitely a new tool that will help us to deliver some more accurate surgical planning to a surgeon and to help them in decision support services for their patient. And clearly, that would allow us to expand our capability, not only in the deformity area, which was our main focus at Medicrea for pediatrics and for adult uh, complex surgery, but then go through the degen market of a spine, which is a, a bigger market. But definitely, uh, there is a need for this solution around surgical planning and uh, data-driven solution to ensure the, the good clinical outcome. Fantastic. All right. Well, it's a great story, uh, fascinating technology, and I'm grateful you both took the time to, uh, to share it on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. All right. Well, that is a wrap. Thanks so much, Dan Wolf and Tom Amanye for joining us on the Medtronic Cox podcast. Thank you for being part of this podcast. I hope you have subscribed to the Medtronic Talks podcast. You can do that on any 
major podcast platform. I'd also appreciate it if you would share this episode of the Medtronic Talks podcast on your social media channels. And when you do, please connect to me, whether or not you share it. But uh, if you do share it, please tag me. I am on Twitter at MedTechTom. I am on LinkedIn, Tom, S-A-L-E-M-I. Please do reach out and we'd love to be part of your future med tech conversations. Once again, don't forget to register for Device Talks Boston and Device Talks Minnesota. They're happening in May and June, respectively. Go to devicetalks.com for more information. Once there, you can find our Medtronic Talks podcast or you can find those on Medtronic.com as well. And as I said earlier, on every major podcast player. So please do subscribe so you do not miss a future episode of the Medtronic Talks podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone.